Good morning. Good morning. All right. Happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day. You know, uh, in the evenings, we go from Genesis to Malachi. And we study through the Old Testament. We're actually the second time around. We're in the book of Genesis. But in about a third of the way through the Old Testament, you see the book of First Kings and Second Kings. And I just strongly recommend, and I'm constantly beating this drum, to get a strong foundation in, in the Old Testament only through... Knowing the Old Testament, can you truly understand the New? The, the New Testament is the Old Testament revealed. The Old Testament is the New Testament concealed. And one of the things that's in the Old Testament, about a third of the way through First Kings and Second Kings, it is a list of the kings of Israel. Uh, about nine or ten of the kings of Israel were good kings. Most of them were so-so kings. Some of them were evil kings. And one thing that is really interesting, which is such a testament of the sacred calling of being a mother, is as you're going through these kings, when there's a really, really good king, a righteous king, it will list the mother's name. Usually genealogies are all men uh, in the Old Testament, but it lifts the mother's name when there's a really, really good king. And then once in a while, when there's a real evil king, it will list the mother's name. And it is very clear why the Holy Spirit, who wrote the Bible, is doing that. It's a testament to this nation was turned around because of this king, and this king was raised by a godly woman. And we recently have been, had a, a, a couple of evening sessions about parenting, godly parenting. We have many, many new parents uh, in our midst. Uh, in fact, actually, why don't we just pause and say, if you're a mother, why don't you stand up right now? And you can, we can give them, um, if you're a mother. Very, very good. Uh, there's mothering the world's way, and there's mothering God's way, and those are two different things. And so one, what we have been doing... Uh, for the last five or six years is we, I've been calling up someone on Mother's Day uh, to talk about their mother, specifically how that mother uh, raised them in a godly way. So we do ask uh, people who are raised in Christian homes, which most of us uh, were not, but uh, we need to learn, moms, we need to learn, you need to learn 
what is distinct about being a Christian mother? There's something extremely distinct. There's, it, it's really night and day. Uh, and we do the same thing for Father's Day. So uh, this morning, I'm going to call a young lady up here. I call her Muffin Cake. Uh, some, most people call her Elise. And so, Elise, will you come up and uh, talk about what your mom meant to you and how she mothered in a Christian way? Okay. <laughs> Any resemblance? <laughs> Hi, guys. I'm his daughter, <laughs> just in case you were questioning that. So my mom's name is Stephanie. I don't know if you guys know her, my dad's wife. And um, so I was thinking about this. My dad was like, you have to prepare something. And I was like, OK, what do I say? She's so cool. So this verse came to mind when I was just thinking about it. And it says, let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which also you were called in one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching, and, admonish, and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. And whatever you do, do in word or deed. Do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. So something that I think would be just like a really significant um, piece of my mother is like the peace that rules her life. And it's just so cool to have like grown up with her, like she's unshakable, <laughs> like to go to see her. So one of the things that she does is she, she does her Bible study every single day. And when I was little, you know, we didn't really care what she was doing. If we wanted her, we'd like, we just go into her room and be like, hi, it's time to, for you to pay attention to me. And she wouldn't get angry at us. She wouldn't get mad at us, but she'd be like, okay, I'm going to listen to what you say. And I'm also going to like say, okay, it's my time with Jesus now. It's time for you to, time for you to go. But anyway, in a completely loving way, and it was beautiful. And um, of course, when I was little, I wasn't like, oh, this is why she has peace. But like, now that I look back on it, like that is definitely one of the, like the main things that um, ex like, exemplified her, just like love of Jesus. And something also that um, is really cool that I've noticed recently is just like, not recently, but like put it into words, is just like, her just I can see Jesus in like everything she does so like this morning I just went into her bathroom and I was like hi mom and she was like I'm praying for you right now I don't even actually know if she knew I was talking but um she's just like I'm I'm praying for you and I she gave me a hug and she's just like you're you're great and like it was just very encouraging to know like she's she's not just praying me for me in that bathroom like that one moment she's praying for me every single day and like I have someone who's like on my side doing that for me and that's like really cool and like I might not notice it when I'm six but I'm going to notice it when I'm 19 and it's so cool to have that example and um another thing that like is really cool is like in my parents marriage like being able to understand what it means to be a godly wife and, like, woman of the Lord is... So, like, one of the things my parents do is they, they pray every single night. And it... And I was... And I used to think, I'm like, that is must be really annoying. It's really late. You guys are praying. And, and like, I just want to go to bed. But, like, without fail, she's like, no, like, this needs to happen. Where's your dad? We're going to pray every single night. And I don't know what they pray for for a long time, but they do it every single night, and it's wonderful. And um, 
also when I was like little and like as I've grown up, she's always reminded me every single day, have you done your Bible study? And sometimes I said yes and I hadn't, but she didn't, she did care. But like, (laughs) and she would every, she'd ask me that and I'd be annoyed. I'd be like, stop asking me that. Like, let, let me, leave me alone. But like, it was so important for her to like reiterate that in my, in my life every single day to be like, this is, this is what's going to give you peace. This is, this is the stuff that is going to um, make you into a beautiful woman of God on the inside and the outside. So, um, which is really awesome. And another thing that she did was, um, every single day before we went to school, she, we'd be, okay, I live, I lived a 15 minute walk from my school and like a nine minute run and I was never on time so she'd just be like I have to read you a bible verse before you go every single day and I was like mom I don't have time for this I need to leave but she'd just be I'd be like running out the door and she'd just be reading a bible verse and um and I'd be like that's cool and there'd be like people walking by and she'd just be praying and like and it was really like at the time I was like okay like this is nice and like I was talking about this with Sam the other day and he goes, Elisa, like, we have no idea, like, what that did. Like, that could have, um, like, changed the, the course of the day in a way that, um, that we hadn't expected, that God was, like, present in our day, and we didn't even realize it. So, like, that is really cool. And something that's been, really, like, really great is, like, becoming, like, more of my mother's friend as I have gotten older. So I've gone off to college these past two years, and like when you go to college, I was, I was talking to Eric. He's like, "Oh, you're you're like ungrounded in college." <laughs> Not like me specifically, but like everyone, um, in, in like a loving way. Sorry, Eric. <laughs> it was nice. He was saying it to be nice. Um, and so like I come home and I'm like, "Oh, like what's going on in life?" I go to a Christian college. It's a very interesting environment to have all of the different Christian ideas coming up, but I talk to her about them, and she's just kind of like, listens to me, here's my doubts, here's my concerns, here's my, like, happiness, and she's, like, excited for me, and she's not, she's not condemning me if I have doubts about God or anything like that. She's just like, you're human, and you know what? We all go through doubts and struggles and fears about, like, what life is, and, like, she's very vulnerable about, like, what she's going through with as well and that is really cool because like knowing that my mom isn't perfect and I love that I love that she is able to talk about her imperfections with me and it just makes me love her like even more and like um which is really cool and okay this one other thing that she's done really awesome lately she's doing this bible study for spiritual gifts I don't know if any of you are part of it but I think you are um so she for all my whole like childhood she'd always be like at least like I I think you have the spiritual gift of like administration or I think you have the spiritual gift of like helps and like now she's like really into it so like she's like really trying to name like what God is doing in me and like what are the strengths that God has placed in my life and how I can use them because she's like God has given you so many strengths and you're so cool and like you should be able to use those in like whatever environment that you're in so that's like really awesome. And like one other thing, even though like we all don't have all the spiritual gifts, but one of the things that I really valued in my mom is just her, her hospitality. Now in my house, like I would just bring my friends from school. I'd, I'd just be like, yeah, it's not really tell her. I just bring, come home. And she'd be like so welcoming to them. And it might not be 
like her favorite thing, but she's like, no, like this is what God calls us to. God calls us to open up our homes to like whoever. And hey, maybe my house is not the tidiest today, but I have five kids and that's okay. And like, we're just going to welcome everyone into our home. And yeah, I think I'm just going to end with that. But she's just a wonderful uh, example of um, a woman, a wife, a mom, a daughter. She's always prays for her parents too, which I have started doing a lot more lately because I'm like, Satan wants to attack marriages. And so I'm just like, oh, okay, I'm just going to pray for my parents a lot. But um, just, yeah, okay. I Do you have any questions or anything like that? <laughs> I want to, uh, just, just for instruction's sake, moms, listen, you can, you can be, in the world's eyes, the most dedicated mo- mother in the world in terms of getting meals ready, supporting your kids' education, always responding to them when they're upset, uh, uh, teaching them different things, uh, being with them in sickness and in health. But if you are leaving the Lord out, if Jesus Christ is not at the center of your mothering, you are ripping your children off. And, and I don't say that to bring any condemnation. Look, listen, there's grace, but there's also a future. There's also tomorrow. There's also what you can do when you wake up tomorrow. And let me tell you, if there have been some years that you uh, have not had that as a priority, God restores what the locusts have taken away. He, he can restore that, and he can establish that foundation in your children. Even if you have adult children, even if you have an adult children, maybe some of you Uh, came to know Jesus when your kids were adults. Same thing. You can start now. It's the wonderful thing about grace. You can start now. So uh, praise the Lord. Uh, One of the things, by the way, that um, we teach our children is how to share their faith. And Uh, Bola announced this, but we are starting our second session of evangelism training. We now have seven trainees who are in their fifth week. They have one more week. Throughout the summer, we have a series of six-week evangelism workshop trainings. On Saturday night, I teach it, along with Guillermo, and... uh, It's not for people who are called to be evangelists. It's just for you who want to be able to share your faith. And let me tell you, every single one of you, if you're in Christ, needs to know how to share your faith. I I so appreciate one of the sisters who went through this this evangelism workshop. Uh, She just did it because she wanted to share with her parents, which she did at the end of six weeks. And so... uh, uh, the sign-up sheets in the back will also be sending out a 
uh, an email uh, online sign-up. But you can think about that and pray about that. After this one, there's another one in midsummer, then another one in the early fall. So, okay, happy Mother's Day. And we will be in this morning in Ephesians chapter 4, going chapter by chapter, verse by verse. By the way, my own mother is here. My mom, can you stand up and have a, and wave at everybody? Yeah, that's my left. <laughs> so, so thankful for her. So now everyone stand up for the reading of God's word. If you don't have a Bible, raise your hand. We are in Ephesians uh, chapter four. Ephesians chapter four, verse twenty. Is sort of the third part of a series we've been in, where we've been in verse 22 to the end of the chapter. If you need a Bible, raise your hand. At Calvary Chapel, we like not only to hear the Word of God, but to see it. By the way, if you do not have a Bible, just keep that Bible. So Ephesians chapter 4, verse 22. And again, as last week, just pretend that first word, that, is not there. If you have the New King James, it begins with that, you. So we'll just begin with you. You, verse 22, put off concerning your former conduct... The old man which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lusts, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and that you put on the new man which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. Therefore, putting away lying, let each one of you speak truth with his neighbor, for we are members of one another. Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath. Wrath means uh, a particularly vicious form of anger. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath, nor give place to the devil. Let him who stole, rather, steal no longer, but rather him labor, working with his hands what is good, that he may have something to give him who is in need. Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification, meaning building up, that it may impart grace or a gift to the hearers. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice, and be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. Let's pray. Father, we we thank you for that word, Lord, it it just hits home this morning. I I pray, Lord, that you would would prepare hearts this morning to receive grace, not condemnation, not guilt, both of which we have had the privilege of 
having been taken away by Jesus' death on the cross and, resurre- and resurrection, but no, but grace. Prepare our hearts for gra- with grace to receive grace, Lord. And Lord, I thank you so much for all the mothers in this room. But we also thank you just for that calling and that privilege, Lord. Lord Jesus, you say in your word, what profiteth a man if he gains the whole world but loses his own soul? What, what profiteth anybody if they have made millions of dollars but they forsook the calling on their life to be a father, to be a mother? And we thank you for the mothers this morning. We pray for them. We pray that you would strengthen them, Lord. Bless them. Give them that spiritual wisdom, not the worldly wisdom, of how to train up their children so that the children will grow up not departing from you, God. But Lord, now instruct us in the word this morning. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, you may be seated. So I want to start, this is the third week we've been in these verses. If you weren't here, you may want to listen online or get the CD. But verse 30, we ended with last week. I want to focus on this verse for a while more and then backtrack to where we were and then make our way to the end of the chapter. And God willing, next week we'll be in chapter 5. But verse 30 Just an astounding verse to many, a shocking verse, but should bring enormous comfort to anybody who has opened up their hearts to God and asked his son Jesus Christ into their hearts. Verse 30 says, do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. That word, that phrase, do not grieve the Spirit of God, it could be uh, translated, do not make the Holy Spirit of God weep or cry. Could be translated like that. The underlying word in the Greek for grieve, and remember this was written originally in Greek, translated into English. The underlying word for, in the Greek is the word lipeo. It is the same word that is used to describe Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane the, on the night before he was arrested and crucified. The Bible says that he was crying out to God with such emotion that he sweated drops of blood. Same word. A few weeks earlier from that e- event... Same word is used of the apostles when Jesus told them they were on their way to Jerusalem. He said, when I get to Jerusalem, I will be arrested and I'm going to be killed. It said that they had that same grief, same word used there. They were just overcome with grief, same word. 
So here in Ephesians 4.30, do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed in the day of redemption. It's not the first time in Ephesians that we have seen this word sealed alongside of the Holy Spirit. In chapter 1, the... In chapter 1, verse 13, it says, Having believed in Jesus Christ, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. It's speaking to you, if you have believed in Jesus. Having believed in Jesus Christ, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. So, most famous verse in the Bible. John 3.16 for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. When a man or woman believes in Jesus Christ, they're joined together with Jesus Christ. There's a supernatural union that's brought about by the Holy Spirit. The two lives become one. 1 Corinthians chapter 6 Verse 17 says this, he who, who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. That's you. We come here and we read the Bible so that we can understand who God is and his relationship with you. Isaiah chapter 43 says, God created you so that you bring glory to his name and so that you would understand who he is. Isaiah 43 so this is who you are. He, he was joined, you, you've been joined to the Lord, um, and you are one spirit with him. If you have believed in Jesus, you've been joined together by the Holy Spirit. And that's what that word sealed means. It's also, this, this, it's a mark of ownership on you, sealed. Uh, you've been, you're so close, whether you feel like it or not, whether you're experiencing it or not, in God's eyes, you're, you're so joined together in your relationship with him that now you have the capacity, you have the ability to cause delight in the Lord. For the Holy Spirit is to be delighted by your walk with God. But you also have the capacity to make him weep. And that's what verse 30 says. So let's pause, let's hit the pause button now and back up a few verses in chapter 4, verse 25. We read these last week. Put away lying, let each one of you speak truth with his neighbor. Verse 26 says, be angry and do not sin and do not let the sun go down on your anger, nor give place to the devil. Verse 28, let him who stole steal no longer. Verse 29, let no corrupt word, you can use the word ugly, let no ugly word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for building up, for edification, that you may impart a gift to your hearers. So, Think about what we just read in those verses. A person hears those verses and says, well, that's such good news. I don't lie. I don't lose my temper. I don't steal and I don't use ugly language. That must mean I am a Christian. 
Well, no, actually, uh, I get some bad news for you. If you don't lie and you don't lose your temper and you don't steal and you don't use ugly language, that doesn't make you a Christian any more than it makes you a Muslim or a Hindu or a Buddhist. Because they all write about the same thing. They all, it, they all have those same rules of life, if you will. Then what makes a person... A Christian. A person is made a Christian when they enter into a relationship with Jesus, which is so close, which is so intimate, that when they lie, when you lie, when you lose your temper, when you steal, when an ugly word that doesn't impart a gift on the hear comes out of your mouth, it makes God weep. That's what a Christian is. It's someone who has a relationship with God. Now, I am told by scholars that Christianity is the only religion where the conduct of the follower of Jesus, of the adherent, the, the, the person who calls themselves a Christian, the, their conduct, their behavior, can actually cause God to weep or get upset. It's the only religion like that. Of course, we believe Christianity is not a religion. It's a relationship. It's truth. And what this verse, verse 30, is telling us is that when you believe in Jesus, again, Jesus says, whoever believes on him will not perish, but have everlasting life. They have everlasting life from the moment they believe, and they enter into a relationship which is so close and intimate, it, it can make the Holy Spirit grieved, and the Holy Spirit is the one who seals them, Jesus and you, seals you together in that relationship. Verse 30 continues, by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God. Do not make God weep by lying, by being angry, or holding on to your anger, by letting ugly stuff come out of your mouth. Don't do that. Don't make the Holy Spirit grieve by whom, in other words, by the Holy Spirit, you were sealed for the day of redemption. So what does that mean? The day of redemption. The day of redemption. It's the day when Jesus returns or when you pass from death to life. It's the day when perfection comes. This is only for a person who has joined themselves to Jesus Christ. It's when perfection comes. It's when sin's done away with. It's when the Bible says that pain and sorrow will be gone. 1 Corinthians 13 says this. When the perfect comes, the partial will be done away. Now we see in a mirror, but then face to face. Face to face with who? Ah, face to face with who? To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. I need that louder. To be face to face with who? Jesus. Okay, that was pretty good. When the perfection, 
when the perfect comes, the partial would be done away. Now we see in a mirror dimly, meaning we're in this old body. We've been talking about the old man, the old woman that is left over from our former life, from our life before we believed in Jesus. We, we see kind of not perfectly clear now, but then we'll see face to face. We will understand perfectly when we see Jesus face to face, and we have that promise. Jesus himself re- promised that up repeatedly, that we would see him face to face one day, either upon his return or when we pass from death to life. Another way of looking at the day of redemption. Again, it says, do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Think of it like a wedding, the day of redemption, like a wedding, like the marriage in heaven with Jesus. So we see these, this kind of imagery uh, in the Bible. It says uh, in, first, in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 2, here we go, 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 2. This is Paul speaking to the Corinthian church, and he's saying, I have betrothed you to one husband. Betrothed, it's sort of uh, engaged, but it's in between engaged and marriage. It's, it's what Joseph and Mary were when Jesus was conceived. They hadn't been married, but they were under a contract to be married. I have betrothed you to one husband that I may present you as a chaste virgin to Christ. You see, you see that imagery of marriage there. That It's sort of that final consummation kind of language. The Bible says that at the moment in time when you make Jesus Lord and King of your life, this future wedding, this day of redemption is guaranteed. It says this in 2 Corinthians chapter 1. Verse 21 and 22, it says, He who establishes us with you in Christ also has sealed us, there's that word again, and given us the Spirit in our hearts as a guarantee of what? As a guarantee of that future wedding day, that day of redemption, that time of perfection. So with all this in mind, just read it once again. Verse 30. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. You've been sealed into this intimate relationship with a living God. And you are in this relationship and you're journeying together with Jesus towards the day that when perfection comes, that final consummation, that final marriage, but But when you take your eyes off of that, when you take your eyes off that journey and where you're headed, what you have in Christ and where you're headed, when you lose that wonderful sense of expectation of what your life really is all about and where you're headed, so so when when you do that, you will lie or you'll lose your temper or you'll steal or you'll blurt out ugly language. And when you do, you will grieve the Holy Spirit. He's, God's been betrothed to you. You're, you're on your way to sort of this, to this final marriage thing. You will cause the Holy Spirit to weep. He, God, is thinking about you. 
Psalm 139 says, how precious are your thoughts to me, O God, how great is the sum of them. But you're thinking about the world, the short term, the fleeting satisfaction of the world. You've forgotten about who you are in Christ, where you're going. Verse 30 says, that's when the Holy Spirit weeps. He's grieved. You say, oh man, I don't want to do that. How do I avoid doing that? That's the last thing I want to do. Grieve the Holy Spirit. Make the Holy Spirit sad, upset. Again, same word, grieve, used Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane when he was sweating drops of blood. What do we do to avoid that? Well, that's what the last three Sundays have been about, Sunday mornings. We walk in the spirit. We don't, I don't just make up stuff like this. Words like this. Galatians chapter 5 verse 16 says, walk. This is a command. Walk in the spirit. If we walk in the spirit, we will not grieve the spirit of God. Now another way of saying it in the Bible, another way, another phrase you will see in the Bible is Galatians 5 25. It says, since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. So how do we walk with the Spirit? How do we keep in step with the Spirit? Come on, make me happy. What do we do? Yes! Who said that? All right. <laughs> put off, put on. Anyone remember this? Yeah? Yeah? If you were here? Put off, put on. Put off, put on. Put off, put on. Put off, put on. All day. What are we talking about? If you weren't here, let's now backtrack and let's go to verse 22 where we started this morning. It says in verse 22, you put off. This is walking in the Spirit, a description of walking in the Spirit. You put off concerning your former conduct, your old self, the old man, which grows corrupt according to deceitful lust, lust that will lie to you. Now remember, this is not just sexual lust. This is any kind of lust. Lust for power, lust for money, lust for whatever. It's there a lie. Put them off, it says. Then it says, verse 24, and put on the new man, which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. So we've been fo focusing these last few weeks when we are putting off what supremely are we putting off? Anyone? What specifically about the old man, the old woman? A way of thinking. A way of thinking. The old way of thinking. So go back to verse 17, a description of the old man. This, this I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord that you should no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles, meaning everyone else in the world, in the futility, the emptiness of their what? Mind. Verse 18, having their understanding what? Darkened. 
And then we've um, already read verse 22. It says, put off concerning your uh, former conduct, the old man which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lust. In other words, you're, the old man, the old woman, woman they will, it will lie to you. It's a, it's a flawed, it's a wrong, it's, an, it's a wrong way of thinking. It's deceitful. It lies to you. Put it off. And put on a new way of thinking. And that's verse 23. Be renewed in the spirit of your mind. So, with all that, in verse 25, until the end of the chapter, the Apostle Paul here, who's writing, starts going down a list of things from our old life, which we do because, we still do, because we're holding on to our old way of thinking. And so in verse 25, it says, put off lying, put off the old way of thinking, that you have to lie in order to get ahead, that you have to lie or exaggerate in order to stay out of trouble, in order to have people like you. you. Put that off and put on truth. Again, verse 25, therefore put away lying, and then the end of the, uh, uh, then it continues, says, but put on truth. Let each one of you speak truth with his neighbor. So put off, put on, put off, put on. Walking in the spirit. Verse 26 says, put off your anger. Put off that mentality that you have to get angry in order to get your way. That's the old way of thinking. That's the world's way of thinking. That's a mind that's been infected by the world. The world, you got to get angry in order to get your way, in order to to preserve what you have, to guard what you have. Verse 28 says, put off stealing. Put off that lie that you have to cut corners in order to survive and put on the new mind which it says continues, which verse 28 continues, says work for a living. Don't steal, work. Verse 29 says put off the ugly speech. Let no corrupt word come out of your mouth. Let no ugly word come out of your mouth. But what is good for necessary edification. In other words, put off that lie that says in order to live in the world, we have to talk like the world. And put on, verse 29, says that good thing, that what is good for necessary building up to impart grace to your hearers, walking in the Spirit, put off, put on, put off, put on, put off, put on, keeping in step with the Spirit, put off, put on, put off, put on, put off, put on. So after verse 29, we've been in verse 30. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. And then in verses 31 and 32, we come to Paul's final put off and put on. And in chapter 5, he's going to take a little different direction. His final put off and put on, arguably the most important one, it deals with the issue of unforgiveness. Verse 31, let all bitterness, wrath, Anger, clamor, clamor means like loud voice arguing. That's what clamor is. Put it off. 
and evil speaking, verse 31 continues, be put away from you with all malice. Malice means that which is bad, bad thinking towards other people. Put it off. Verse 32, what do you put on? And be kind to one another. Tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. So, you've been wronged. You've been betrayed. You've been stabbed in the back. The man or the woman you thought you could trust the most, they broke your trust. And now you look at their life, the one who stabbed you in the back, the one who wronged you, wronged you and, it, and they're getting along fine. It's like there's no consequences at all in their life. They're just moving forward. After what they've done to you, they're getting away with it. What's the lie? What is the lie? The lie is that the only way that you can repay them is by holding on to bitterness and not forgiving. That's the lie. If I forgive them, then they will think it's okay what they did. If I let this thing go, they will go out and do the same thing again. If I let this thing go, then they will think they just got away with it, what they did to me. They, they, think, uh, they will think, oh, you see, she's cool with it. He's cool with it. What did I do that was so bad? So you believe in the lie, and you hold on to bitterness, and in your mind, you replay over and over what they did to you, and you replay in your mind over and over how they could just be punished for what they did to you. And so you imagine in your mind, whatever, their life falling apart, and that just gives you a cheap sense of satisfaction. I know this well. I know about bitterness. There's some kinds of bitterness, let me tell you, that will take years. You have to wake up every day and say, God, I, I, I have to stop repaying that person in my mind for what they did to me. It says, put off. Put off. Because it's all a lie. It's the old man's way of thinking. It's the old woman's way of thinking. Or, you know, you go to your friend or your coworker or your neighbor or your husband or your wife and you speak evil of this person who wronged you. What that person did to me was so wrong, man, I hope they burn in hell. What? What did you say? It says in verse 32, you need to put that off and you need to be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another. And here's the key, even as God in Christ forgave you. Put off evil speaking. And that includes running to whoever, even your own spouse, and just complaining about how badly you've been wronged. You know, I have a rule for my life now. Before I ever share any kind of wrong with my wife, I go to the Lord first. 
and I just try to pour it out because I don't want to poison her with the poison that is in me. I love this verse in Titus, Titus chapter 3, verses 2 and 3. Speak evil of no one, for we ourselves were also once foolish, disobedient, deceived, serving various lusts and pleasures, living in malice and envy, hateful and hating one another. Can we replay that one, Sean? Speak evil of no one. Remember the verse we just read? Put off evil speaking. For we ourselves were once foolish, disobedient, deceived, serving various lusts and pleasures, living in malice and envy, hateful and hating one another. But then it goes on. But because of the kindness of God, it goes on in uh, Titus chapter 3. Jesus came and he died. And he suffered on the cross. Men, when you are thinking of that outrageous thing that has been done to you, before you go run and tell whoever about it, you look at the cross and say, God, give me a vision of the cross. Somehow make me there. Let me see it. You will see a body that has been beaten to a pulp, unrecognizable. The the Bible says, you look at that in your mind and your sin, what you've done to God, those outrageous things that you did, that how you betrayed him, how he trusted you and you betrayed the trust, is right there. Those lashes on the, the cross paid for that thing that you did. And so then, verse 32 of chapter 4 says, yeah, yeah, again, verse 31 is the putting off. You just got to put on after after just praying for that vision of the cross, you put on, it says, be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. You know, I'm just going to close with this. Today's Mother's Day, and there's some of you in here who haven't forgiven your mother for something. And that's could be, in a sense, in the world's way of thinking, completely justified because she wronged you. And what I want to do now is I just want everyone to bow their head and I want you to close your eyes. I'm not going to be happy if I see your eyes open. If that's you, I just just briefly raise your hand. No one's going to see except for me. And I'm just going to pray for you right now. Listen, listen, we live in a real world (laughs) where there's been real wrongs by our mother and our father. And it's hard sometimes putting that off and putting on forgiveness. Just briefly, if that's you, I want to pray for you. Just briefly raise your hand. Okay, very good. Thank you, thank you. Anyone else? If you didn't raise your hand, we probably had about a dozen people raise their hands, okay? So I'm going to pray for them, and I want you to agree with my prayer. 
Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you, Lord. I thank you in the name of Jesus for the cross. We thank you for the cross. Lord, give us a vision of, of, of the cross, of my sin that was there. I pray that everyone who just raised their hand, they would, you'd give them a vision of their sin, their wrong towards you, their betrayer towards you, their adultery towards you. Give them that vision that that's right there. That death, they caused it. We all caused it, but they caused it by, uh, by their betrayal of you. But you died for them. The Bible says that because of the cross, you took away that sin and replaced it with perfection. Your word says, Lord, that though our sins are as red as scarlet, by the cross you've made them white as snow. And so we thank you for that. And so now, Lord, I, I ask for, for everyone who just raised their hands, Lord. It's about 15 or 20 people. We thank you for the confession, Lord. I pray in the name of Jesus for the grace to put off the unforgiveness, to put off the bitterness, to put off the wrong that has been done, and Lord, for the grace to put on kindness even to that mom who wronged them. Lord, and now I want to pray for those moms specifically of the ones who of the ones who raise their hand. Lord, I pray if they're alive today that you would bless their hearts, that you would show them your love, that you would touch them, that you would give them a vision of not only the cross, but the resurrection and the ascended Jesus Christ, that Jesus loves them and is now offering eternal life. And if they have eternal life, he's also offering them uh, an abundant life, a life of joy. I, I pray for those moms. And Lord, I just thank you for those moms. Every one of them. With some of them, they had their own issues. They had their own background. They were wronged by their mothers, whatever. And this is a, a generational thing. We thank you, Lord, that in Christ these generational cycles are cut off, Lord. We just thank you for that. We thank you, Lord, that you've been so kind to us. We thank you that your thoughts towards us are so many they can't even be found, uh, uh, counted. Your word says their thoughts for our good welfare, our thoughts to prosper us, thoughts to bless us. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you very much for that. I'm going to call the worship team up and we are just going to uh, end with a worship song. I'll tell you what, why don't we, why don't we stand? It's going to end with a worship song. We're going to worship the Lord together. Maybe there's something that I said during this message that just stirred in your heart and Hey, maybe, maybe your mother's been the wonderful mother, but she's, 
she has some issues now. You want to come up and pray with us um, about it. Maybe she's terminally ill, whatever. Or if there's anything else that you have, if there's, remember, we're not talking just about moms today. It says in verse 31, let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking and malice be put away. If you are struggling with something and, and you'd like to pray about it, come up. And I, I will just, uh, I'll just close with this before we start worshiping and, and praying together that with some of these issues, we pray today. Again, I already talked about it. Tomorrow morning, we're going to have to be praying again about it. And that's the Lord wants to be brought in every day into these issues. And it's so important that we be utterly, totally dependent minute by minute, hour by hour on the Lord. That's what walking in the Spirit is. It's put off, put on, put off, put on. It, it doesn't stop. The stuff doesn't stop until, what? The day of redemption. The marriage supper of the Lamb. That, that final day when no longer will we see dimly as in a mirror dimly lit, but we will see Him face to face. So if you need prayer, uh, please come up. I'll be here. Actually, if you've been asked to pray, if you could uh, come up at this time, if you've been asked to pray, and let's worship. Before we do, I'll, I'll just close in prayer. Father, we just thank you for what you've done by your word. I thank you for that. Lord, it's, it's, it's affected my heart. Thank you for that, Lord. Lord, we want to not be just hearers of the word, though. We want to be doers, I pray in Jesus' name. Just for the grace to help us do now. Help us choose to put off and put on. We love you, Lord. We thank you for what you've done this morning. In Jesus' name, amen.